Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy Friday and welcome into Fantasy Sports Today on the show. We've got the All-Star Game in the NHL this weekend. Anyone paying attention? Latest on baseball and, of course, a little bit over a week away from the Super Bowl. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today on this Friday, January 24th, 2020. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show at Craig Mish at Joe Pizzapia 17. We're headed toward the fantasy weekend. The NHL is off. NBA getting ready to take their break. No baseball, no football. We do have a lot of college basketball going on right now, Joe. What a strange month January always is for fantasy. It's uh, if, if you're not playing NBA DFS right now, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> no, I, I guess that's it. I think a lot of people are actually doing a lot of best ball, major league baseball drafts, believe it or not. I, I, I know you're a hard sell on this with the football in July and with the baseball in January, but it's out there. I, I know one of my readers who's already done 12 drafts for best ball. So, I mean, they're out there. They're prepping in force. There's a lot of NFBC action going on at major league baseball stuff. In those circles, there's a lot of keeper league decisions this time of year to be made. And we're very lucky because between the Hall of Fame and between the Astros and Alex Cora and the Mets, We've had a lot of baseball to actually talk about, a lot of big meta discussions. So it's not the worst January on record, I can tell you that much. But yeah, it is a little bit of a slower time. And of course, we've got the Super Bowl coming up. So um, yeah, look, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's baseball prep season. I know you're, you know, I'm like dragging you there and you're Mr. Baseball. So I don't know. I'm surprised that I have to drag you there. It feels like you're unwilling to come with me for the ride. Yeah, because I, I, I won't do any uh, any early drafts at this stage. I just think it's foolish. Uh, I won't draft. Don't ask me. Yeah, nah, I, I won't, won't, I won't draft. Do don't ask me. That's you, Craig Mish. That's you. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, we still have two months till opening day. I mean, there's so much time. So many things can happen. And, um, you know, from a preparation standpoint, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I suppose. I mean, I feel this, this is exactly the same way as football for me. It's It's no doubt. Uh, you know, people will sit there in June and say, you got to start preparing. And look, the baseball pool is even bigger than the football pool. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm I'm just and, and yeah, I, as big a baseball fan and as avid a fantasy host and player as I've been for a long time, it's not a hard sell. It's an impossible sell for me. I, I won't try and push people into doing things that they don't want to do. And I think that 90 percent of the people who are uh, are into fantasy baseball at this stage of the game, it's not that they want to hear baseball. It's not that they want to hear football. They're just not engaged at all in it. So this time of the year, I tend to focus more on um, on wagering and trying to get ahead on props and things like that. And thankfully, the Westgate uh, gave us some great content with having all of these over-unders in terms of the uh, the win totals and the home runs and everything else. And so that's the kind of thing that right now is actionable to me. That's the kind of thing where you can get ahead of the game if you have an opinion on a player and really having it make a difference. Because in general, most people who play in fantasy baseball leagues are playing, let's say, on the average for a hundred bucks. Like they're putting a hundred bucks in a league. Well, you could take a hundred dollars and you could bet on Eugenio Suarez's home run total right now, 
and and not you know and and if and if we have a strong opinion about that, that's something that's actionable. We you can go and do a best ball draft, take Suarez three rounds ahead. It's not going to make a lick of a difference because you still have to draft an entire other team with so many other variables that can happen. So, um, I've shifted through in my years in thinking through this in in doing shows on satellite radio too. We found that even with um, we, you know, we used to come on the air after the Super Bowl. Then they would bring us on the air before the Super Bowl. We were we were basically, and they would never admit this, but I saw the numbers and everything. Uh, our numbers in February and March and April and all those months were fantastic. We were a z- the, we were a zero in January, no matter what we tried to do. It just didn't make a difference. The numbers were were what they were, uh, listener wise, interest wise. For whatever reason, January was a uh, a dead month. June and July were sort of dead months too, but January, Joe, was just it. We tried a million different things to engage listeners in different kind of contests. It was the other football league last year that was that was an attempt. It was prop bets that was an attempt. That mm-hmm. didn't work either. Mm-hmm. No, I and, mean and, it's also everyone's kind of exhausted from the football season too. Everyone's into the football playoffs too, which is also a thing. And you know it's like that post holiday stretch. I'm actually to tell you through that. I know this is like unpopular, but I'm not the biggest best ball guy. Period. I'm somebody who likes, especially in baseball, it's such a long season that I like the managing aspect of baseball. But like you said, if it doesn't have money involved in it, um, I'm tough to to keep my attention as we turn the page deep into summer with some of those leagues. But I know some people, they love this best ball format and, you know, they're they're mock drafting and stuff. So I get where you're coming from. And you're right. This is kind of the calm before the February March storm where pitchers and catchers report. And oh, really yeah. Once that out. happens, that's it. It's 24 seven. There's a news cycle. It's the same thing as the NFL for me. Right. When the NFL opens up their training camps and you have legitimate things happening on a field in a practice and in a preseason, then, yeah, like I think at that point it becomes a very relevant because it, you know, there's there's some actionable content there. There's things that are actually happening. And in a month from now, you'll actually have spring training games being played. So, yeah, I mean, it, and, and I'll be at the party. I mean, it's a different, completely different scenario. So in uh, just for my experience of not being a manager or not being a boss, but being on the primary fantasy baseball show for a decade and going through this with what works, what doesn't, what hits, what, what people are interested in, what they are not, this time of the year has just been a nightmare. I mean, it just it just has been there. Just there hasn't been anything that we were able to pop. Now, the exception to that rule is the relationship that you and I have with doing a good show. Like there's a difference between doing a good show and trying to force content down people's throats, which is like, for example, us doing looking at all the prop bets and doing that for two weeks. I don't think anybody wants to hear that. So I won't do that. Uh, but, you know, doing a Florida man segment or doing right, you know, or discussing you won't let me do a wrestling segment. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, if you want to try, some, uh, I mean, you could, some you movies. Could try. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's we talked between... about Italian restaurants yesterday. Exactly. We were in a exactly. cuisine com- exactly. because you and I are friends. And that's what you know, that's part of the thing. And you can't, you know, you can't, you can't manufacture. That. Exactly. You can't manufacture right. the chemistry that you and I have had over the years. Now, here's a question for you. But I'm not going to force somebody. Now, listen, it no. is a lot, and, and by the way, I want to, you know, you won't, you may not be. And we've had some great guests, too. We've had Lorenzo Kane. We've had Tom right. Grieve. We've had I'll, a lot of I'll be transparent for you. And I completely understand <laughs> if I had the the fantasy baseball Jewish book and I was pushing that. Uh, and I and, and that was that was the, that was the primary goal. Listen, I, I would be I would be sitting here, talk, you know, I'm, I'm being trying to be funny, but I would, I, would so I, have, I have a question. Wait, is the forward cut out? Yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's Ryan Braun and Alex. Yeah, no, no the forward. Yeah, it's funny. I got you. But I, I would be pushing that. I would be pushing that if I were you. It makes a lot of sense. But for me, I, but for me, I want to try and at least do the best show. And I, and I don't think that that pertains in. 
hey, Joe, if you get to the fifth round, would you consider taking? No, and we're nowhere near that. We're just not. I can't say. I I can't say that. I can't say that I want to hear that content on the radio right now. But I I think. I think we are in a good spot where it's time to start considering some of the values, and 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 better yet, we're having good baseball discussions when we are talking baseball. I'm fine about certain players. Yesterday's Andrew Benatendi discussion, I thought was worthy of the amount of time we spent on it of course and Player i think that's something that will pe- will stick with people as they go into february and march i've got an important question because i just solidified my spot yesterday i'm going back into the 15 team mixed tout wars draft on saturday afternoon uh which is better for my schedule with the children's and the work and everything draft like that auction. Have- draft or auction auction it's always an okay, you, said, it's you auction said draft, draft so i would auction draft i'm okay. sorry my apology of course it's an auction it's me i would i want to auction everything no i know it's, but the towers does a draft and it's they do that's the online one i believe the online is the draft so that's correct have you figured out what's going yes. on for yes, you yes i have sorted it out i i uh I, where'd you I, end up okay so i politely asked to bow out i asked and they to bow said out. oh baby please come back they said please do not bow out and I, said, so well, I said well look i am not i mean and, and listen with respect to the people involved without getting into too many things here I said that the only way, respectfully, and I would not expect you to do this for me, but the only way that I will do any of the other drafts if, if I'm put back in my spot next year. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't have interest in doing any of the other drafts. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you I sound was, like Ricky Bobby where you keep going, in all due, with all due respect, with all, all due respect. Due respect you're so so I was told that while it's not a guarantee, <laughs> yeah, like, we'll do it. You know, we'll, okay, we'll, yeah. you know, we'll do it. So I'm like, and he's like, all right, so what do you want to do? Do you want to come up? I'm like, I'm not coming up. I'm not doing it. So I'm just going to do the draft and hold one that they have, the best ball one. That's okay. Well, good. I'm glad that worked out for you. I'm. I, that's good because uh, I don't want you not to be involved either. Because I can't be come. Fun. I cannot come. I can't yeah. do it. No, I have a bar it. mitzvah. It's, it's a very close and you got family. That black book I, to write, like you exactly. About. You got a lot got, of things I, happening. I, I got to break down Kofax. I cannot come. <laughs> I, I can't do. I, I want to come. I cannot. I can't do it. It's, it's Max Free bio is not going to write itself. Exactly. I've gone through every possible scenario to try to get up there and do it. It is not going to happen. I feel horrible. I all the thing. Like, that's how you phrased it. Like, what if, like, fantasy Jewish Black Book. Ask Justin Fenton. We used to talk about doing a fantasy baseball Jewish show. Yeah, it's like it's like seven pages long, and, uh, and then the forward's trimmed then. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sam Fultz Show. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's the opening drive for January 24th, 2020. And going back to the last segment, I want to be clear on something. And I thank everybody for listening to the show, those of you who are listening every single day. Uh, But the one thing that you guys should know about me as it pertains to a host. Now, in other things, I can't say I'm always like this. But I've always said that through the years on the radio shows and with fantasy and reality, 
I keep it real. And so I am taking you without a doubt behind the curtain of not just fantasy sports today, but other radio shows as well. In talking about the month of January, I cannot sit here and pretend to tell you that those of you who are playing in fantasy sports, that this is your best month of the year. I am not. I, I just cannot fake it. I will not fake it. But I do thank you for the dedication that you guys have shown to this show and listening all uh, football season and now as we approach the baseball season as well. That being said, let's start off with the opening drive. Something else that you and I probably could care less about. The NHL All-Star Game, Joe, coming up this weekend. Unfortunately for me, this is not something that I will be paying any attention to whatsoever. You do a fantasy uh, hockey black book, so I would ask you... Uh, over under a total this weekend of seven minutes watching the NHL All-Star game. It will be over or under seven minutes. It'll be under for me because of uh, because my daughter's basketball is right around that time. I believe Isn't this an afternoon game, right? This is like a one o'clock thing over <laughs> under over under DVRing the game. <laughs> Zero because the Royal Rumble's on. Uh, Zero. It's Dad's 72nd birthday. You could. It's Dad's 72nd birthday. It's the Royal Rumble. It's basketball day. There's a ton of stuff going on for me. You said it's Sunday, right? Not Saturday. I don't even. So it's a whole weekend of shenanigans. Well, I like the skills competition stuff. And when was the the last time you've watched five minutes of a skills competition? A couple years ago, I remember watching. The problem is, it's hard to find now because isn't it on? It's only on. It used to be on ESPN. I don't even have a clue. It no used clue. to be on ESPN once. That was like that was like twenty five years ago. Yeah, when Barry Melrose's mullet was still there right, and everything. Yeah, I think else we've was been still. very clear here. Joe's not watching a second. All I'm right, not second, watching, but I like down. it. I- <laughs> move on. You're not but watching you it. You don't know where it's Craig on. You have no idea. Today. Just move whoa, on. gosh. Second wow. down. Mitch Haniger out six to eight weeks. That's bad news for the Seattle Mariners. I got to tell you, the more I'm looking at the Mariners win total, and I probably shouldn't be. Uh, reacting to the moment, but the more that I look at that Mariners win total in the mid-60s, boy, I'm thinking maybe they lose 102. I don't know. This does not seem like a good team this year, Joe. I feel like they're building for the future with some of these young players, but uh, and not just cause of Hanniger, but I just I look at their roster and they let go of Santana, too, after the good year that he had. I think a tough year's coming for them. I think they're last place without a doubt, right? Uh, oh, I definitely think they're last place without a doubt, <clears throat> especially when you look at that pitching staff. I think that's the biggest problem because the pitching staff is just dreadful. Uh, but Hanniger, look, I mean, eight weeks is still going to put him there around opening day. So, I mean, if he just completely falls off the map, the problem is, you know, this is a guy that's missed significant time in 2017. He played only 96 games, had a very good season. I mean, he had an 843 OPS uh, in 2018. He had an 859 OPS and played 157 games. And then last year, once again, down to 63 games. So that's the problem. Mitch Hanniger is a talent. He's going to be 29 years old. This is peak Mitch Hanniger, 29 to 31. So this is when you want to own him. If for some reason he becomes a completely forgotten piece, I think this is actually great for his value because he's a guy that I'm perfectly fine having on my team if I'm getting an extreme discount, especially because there is upside. The downside is, of course, the number of games he's going to play, but that gets mitigated if you drop him three or four rounds because he may not start the season on time. But let's all remember in air quotes, too, that the season is six freaking months long. So if he misses two weeks, who cares? That is, right. that is one of those things that gets so overrated because... This time of year, we talk about everything ad nauseum. This time of year, everything seems like it's so important. And then when you really look at the perspective of, what is it, like a 12th of the season, maybe, potentially, you admit? I mean, who cares? Like, that is that is not even, not even, it's probably even like more like a, a 16th of the season. So, look, eight weeks from now, 
is opening day. So I am not really worried about that at all. But this is a bigger problem for Mitch Hanniger as an asset in keeper leagues or any dynasty formats because you keep waiting for 2018 to be that year. And 2693 is pretty good. And Hanniger is another one of these guys, too, that if he does come back and play well, he could be a piece that helps another team. I like Mitch Hanniger as a player. I think the drop in ADP, I can even look at where he might be uh, right now on NFBC while I'm talking to you. But I would say that it definitely drops him at least three rounds. Right now, he's at 183. He's going to be well outside of 200, I think, by the time you know we start doing drafts. And that's great because that becomes a really nice fourth, fifth outfielder cost for a guy who could play like a, a second or third outfielder. Yeah, he's got a serious injury. It's There's a lot of risk involved, and that's my concern for him. Um, you know, obviously, it's been illustrated what that injury is without getting into too many details, but he's going to have to have surgery. I don't know. Um, I'm not an injured guy drafter in general, so I'll probably be out on him, but I'm more concerned with the win total right now of Seattle, and I think that there could be some value there on the under. Um, Sharif O'Neal, very highly touted son of Shaquille O'Neal, Joe, is going to end up leaving UCLA which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Sharif O'Neal, you know, obviously Shaquille O'Neal, one of the best players of all time, Hall of Famer as well. But when your son is is, uh, is transferring, and we've seen this before with professional athletes, you know, there's no doubt Chris Carter's kid in football ended up transferring. Uh, Michael Irvin's kid in football ended up transferring. It happens all the time now. It's, it's not the way that it used to be 10, 20 years ago. But certainly a little bit of a surprise because Shaq made a lot of his uh, hay in uh, – in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, where is he going to? He's going yeah, that's from... That's announced yet. If they go into a transfer okay. portal and then it gets sorted out. Well, I mean, look, as a freshman, he averaged two points and 2.9 rebounds. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know what kind of playing much. time. Yeah, yeah, right. He's not playing much. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, I mean, Jordan's kids weren't exactly as good as Jordan. <laughs> you know, not everybody becomes Steph Curry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if the guy just wants to play more... Who cares? Like, go. Good for you. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of kids that transfer. That's, that's so I part of it. I don't look. I mean, yeah, okay, because his last name is O'Neal. He probably gets a little bit more preferential treatment, of course. But at the same time, if it's if his numbers are bad because he's not playing enough and he wants to play more and he's willing to go to a lesser profile school to play more, I actually give the kid credit because it means he wants to play more than he wants to ride the coattails of the last name and prove himself. So I'm actually good with that. I will say this, speaking of making fun of me at the top of this segment, I did watch the third and fourth quarter of the Lakers versus the Brooklyn Nets game yesterday, and the Nets were wearing their Bed-Stuy jerseys, which I don't know why they're the Brooklyn Nets, but they're wearing Bed-Stuy, which is a part of Brooklyn. Um, I guess they just want to sell extra jerseys, I would assume. However, astounding takeaway and observation there, man, nobody rebounds anymore. I mean, shots get chucked up there all the time, and everyone's just kind of looking at them. Nobody is anticipating rebounds it is it is sad to me it is very sad i mean i see more my my seven-year-old daughter's basketball team has more um impetus to rebound than the brooklyn nets did so there you go okay or the lakers well uh duly noted all right duly um, noted fourth down here the average super bowl ticket is way above it has been in the past so some of it has to do with being in south florida no question a lot of it has to do with just rabid fan bases san francisco and kansas city Five grand is basically going to get you into the game to sit upstairs. You could probably get a four grand ticket, but you're sitting, you know, like the, the top row. Uh, Joe, what is your ticket? If, if 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 the Super Bowl was in your backyard, you had the opportunity to go. What's your price that you would pay? To well, in my backyard, it's freezing. So I so now well, yeah, I got 
in New York a few years it ago. Was. It was. It actually wasn't that cold, but still. Um, see, I'm the guy that I know how much downtime there is in NFL games, and I prefer NFL on TV. I would say to sit in the boonies, which is where I'm going to get for whatever the lowest ticket is. I would say 500 bucks. I would think, all right, 500 bucks. I get the experience, right. quote unquote, of going to the Super Bowl because it's going to cost me another 300 by the time the day is over. For so sure. I think that's reasonable. Anything over a thousand is nuts. Unless uh, the only reason I'm spending a thousand bucks is if I'm getting to sit front row of the Royal Rumble. That's cool. Then I'm there this weekend. That's what I want to do. All right. Well, there you have it. And yeah, for me too. Same thing. I don't even wouldn't even pay anymore. And um, well, we know you. Game. You're you're completely out. I am completely out. You're jaded. You're out. The parties, I may go, but the game itself. You're no. turning into Larry David in your old age. I just want you to know. You're yeah, just it's fine. I wish I had his money. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. Don't go back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet. DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or over and be in New Jersey to be involved with DraftKings and eligibility restrictions apply. If you go to the website, it will give you the details on that. So uh, as we return here to the show, we have a weekend ahead of us where anything can happen. And and look, in fantasy, it's it's funny that we're we're still you know kind of talking about some of these big name players as a possibility of being traded, which is not normal. Now, every offseason, there's always rumors. Last year, Noah Syndergaard's name was thrown out there like a million different times. You know, you're going to hear players being talked about as being dealt. But usually when you look at the first two rounds of a fantasy draft every year and you get to this stage of the game in late January, you have no fear that the player that you drafted is going to be playing for the team that you're drafting him on. That's pretty much been the way it's been forever. Now, maybe this is an outlier type of year, but every time you turn around, you're hearing Mookie Betts as a possibility of being traded. You're hearing Nolan Arenado as a possibility of being traded. Now, I still put a small percentage on both, and Francisco Lindor, for that matter. And I don't know what's going on this year, and maybe it's because some of these guys have contracts being close to expiring. It's not normal. Lindor after next year, Betts after, is it this year or next year? And Nolan Arenado has an opt-out in 2021, so they got to make a decision on him, too. But this is uh, kind of out of character, Joe, for it to be this late in the game and not really know. Does it give any pause on any of these players for you? Hearing Betts' name as a possibility for San Diego, hearing Nolan Arenado as a possibility to leave Coors. Does that factor in at all for you? 
Uh, you know what? <clears throat> you know, well, this happens a lot in the black book, the, the regular one, not the uh, one you alluded to earlier. Uh, this happens where people sometimes overestimate where somebody goes. Now, oh, Nolan Arenado is an important case because Nolan Arenado is leaving Coors Field, which is one of the few places that really does make a significant impact in a guy's value. Because at the end of the day, some guys have weird splits. There's people who play in Milwaukee, which is a better hitter's park, who have better stats on the road. It happens all the time. You know, just weird baseball-isms happen like that. So you can't freak out too much about those things. And people say, how can you put the Black Book out? And I do update it as things go on. As Donaldson signed, that's been updated in the Black Book. So if you go buy that on Amazon now, it's got Donaldson with Minnesota and a little burb about that. But it's one of the most overrated things because a player... His track record, his history, his lefty-righty splits are far more important than necessarily his home road can be. But in this significant case with uh, Nolan Arenado in particular, this is one where it gets a little tricky. Uh, I think this whole like playing nice thing is basically the Rockies coming to him and saying, look, if you want us to move you to a place you want to go, you got to stop flapping your gums because we can't get the value we want to move you. So let's play nice for a couple weeks and see if we can get a deal done. That, to me, makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, when you're looking at the Mookie Betts situation, too, I wonder if Dustin Pedroia should retire, what that does, too, because that is a significant chunk of change off of that table for them, too, in terms of contract and status, because uh, he had a deal that was going till 21. Uh, so he was signed through this year and next, and the average annual salary was a good chunk. So I guess, you know, the whole point of that is you were talking the $20 million range, basically. So I guess what I'm saying is that Pedroia thing might soften this Mookie Betts position a little bit, because I think trading him, especially in the wake of this Pedroia news, not that Pedroia played the last two years or it mattered, but if you're the Red Sox, you know, you've lost Ortiz, you've lost Dustin Pedroia. Who's the face of the franchise? I know Benatendi, Bogarts, Endeavors are great players. I know Chris Sale is a, is a great ace when he's healthy. But really, you want the face of the organization. If I ask you the face of the Red Sox is right now, you're going to say Mookie Betts, right? And I think that's a hard sell. I think there's very little chance Mookie Betts get moves on. I think there's a definite possibility they they come to some sort of meeting of the minds or maybe this Pedroia situation is kind of the light at the end of the tunnel here. The Arenado one, on the other hand, I think there's a real possibility there. I didn't believe it at first, but now when you're starting to, to listen and look, especially this whole, oh, we worked it all out. We worked it all out to me. That is a big fallacy. Now, you know better than I because you're the guy behind the scenes. Uh, do you think that's a bad take by me that these guys got together and said, look, if you want to out of here and this is what you really want, you need to stop going public about it because it's it's limiting our availability to get the pieces we need in order to move you and get you what you want. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, that, that that sounds accurate. We don't know for sure. The Arenado situation is definitely tricky. If I had to speculate. Uh, first of all, going back to Mookie Betts, I don't think that Pedroia personally has one thing to do with the other because I don't think Dustin Pedroia has given up that money. So I think that they could work out something, but I think that he goes on the injured list for the year and gets paid. I don't I don't see him retiring. Um, as far as uh, Arenado, my, I would be speculating, but this is what I For speculate. two years, Craig? For two, yeah. I mean, he's got yeah. two years I, left on the deal. Uh, Albert Bell got paid for years with not playing. Yeah, but well, Dustin Pedroia is not Albert Bell, and I think they could offer him something in the organization to say, look, David, we, we really need this. And he's Joe, a Joe, David, Wright, David Wright got all his money. Fair enough. David, David Wright got all his he money. He also works for the organization, too. But David Wright got all his money. And you think that right, you think enough. that Dustin Pedroia is not going to get all his money? He's getting all his money. I mean, I they may so. they may say, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's pay it out over a billion years." And I mean, who knows? I don't know what they're. But again, I don't see a retirement. I'll be very surprised if he retires. I think he's got to get paid. 
as far as Arenado, my guess is this, and I don't know. So I'm completely speculating. And by the way, um, we're just going to have to follow the reporting here on this because I'm not involved. But my guess is Arenado goes to the table with the with the Rockies. They sit down. Arenado, they approach Arenado with the long-term deal last year. He says, all right, look, I'm going to do this. I want to be part of the organization, but there's a couple of things I need. The first is, is I need to know that you guys are going to be still building up the team. Okay, good. Yes, okay. I need to know, if not, that you guys would consider trading me. And they, oh, yes, of course. All right. Well, just in case you guys decide to play games here, what I do want, though, is I want an out in 2021. Okay, you got it. All right, so here's your out. We promise we'll add the players. My guess is that the promise was not kept. And on both ends, they didn't add, they didn't trade him. And now um, Arenado is feeling jilted because the things that he asked for did not happen, which is within his right. But as and I like him a lot and he, and he always is very kind and does all these interviews. But I got to tell you, like that was your fail safe was getting that out after 2021. And I don't think the rock. And now I, I'll have to find out and see what happens this weekend, because supposedly the fan fest are going to talk about this. But I don't know that Arenado's owed anything more than that. Once once they allowed him to opt out next year, that's that's pretty much it. Like he may ha- he's not going to have the to- free agent signing that they've made. It's None. just Daniel Murphy. None. No one, one Daniel Murphy. That's no, it. No, I know, I know. But but again, the Rockies could have said, "Listen, we promise we'll do everything that you're asking, but we're not giving you an out." It happens all the time. All the time. I understand, but I think also part of that is if that conversation was for surrounding pieces, then the Rockies aren't holding up their end of the bargain either because Daniel Murphy at 35 years old does not count as a good free agent signing. Daniel Murphy. I, 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 I think know, you're not missing. You're, you're, you're still I'm not, missing I'm, the I'm, point. I'm getting the point. I'm getting what you're saying. No, the point is, is that they gave him the opportunity to leave right. whenever he wants. Well, not whenever he wants in 2021. After the year, after well, he the doesn't year. want to wait that long now. Well, that's that's listen, 20, that's 20 losses deal. later, 20 more losses later, year over year. He doesn't that's, want to wait. That that's long. the situation. That's what mm-hmm. he was forced with. If look, you, Nolan Arenado does not have to opt out, and he can make 200 million dollars. And I just don't have, unfortunately, a lot of sympathy for him in this spot. They gave him the opt out just in case things didn't work out. They clearly changed their mind. I don't think it. I don't think they lied to him, but they they were not as forthcoming as they probably should have been. It created a horrible situation, um, and now the Rockies are probably it is in their best interest to trade him because of that opt out. Because now he's going to say, "Oh, forget it. I am gone." The hey, second is it that in I'm their best gone, interest to trade him anyway. Because <clears throat> are they going anywhere with Nolan Arenado? If they would have added some things, potentially yes, but, but they, they did not. not. And did part not. of the reason they didn't is because of the money Nolan Arenado is costing them. So that that being said, why did you? <laughs> well, because, they, I, because they had a good year two years ago and everybody was like, hey, you know, we had a good year. Things are on the upswing. Look at Marquez. Look at Freeland. Look at John Gray. And then last year it was oh, look at Marquez. Look at Freeland. Look at John Gray. And now it's it's a very different scenario. And if you are the one Arenado and if you are the Colorado Rockies, I think you're looking at this and saying maybe we are better off. Maybe if we deal him now, we can get the most we possibly can back. We can get a King's Ransom. We can get another third base prospect. We could get uh, uh, maybe some real pitching prospects. Of course, that's what they think, but that has not been the case. They've been trying for the last month, and no one's come close. So they're stuck in this spot. They're not going to do the Rockies. Should the Rockies have to trade Arenado if they have crappy deals? Should they have to do it? No, they shouldn't have to. All right. Why? If you are the Braves, do you not think Nolan Arenado puts you over the top in that division? Because I do. If you are the Nationals, do you not think adding Nolan Arenado for Carter Keboom, whoever the best pitching prospect you have in your organization, puts you over the top? I do. 
I think I think there's a lot. Of, I don't think Arenado is like a good player. He's a great player. There is, but there's, there's money involved, man. There's money involved, but there's also pros. I get this whole prospect love. I get the players it's are not even a about that. Impact. That's not what it's about. The I'm Nationals, talking, but I'm talking the about Nationals the and Braves are at the are two hundred million dollar payrolls. Just, no, no, but I get that. I understand what you're saying there. But here's the here's the other fun fact of that is that the Nationals just won a World Series. They also just lost Anthony Rendon. As much as they just but put a ton of money into Strasburg in two years, them. Scherzer's off the books too. And if I, you can add a cornerstone like Nolan Arenado for the next eight years, you do that. I, I, but they they would have the highest payroll of the National League. They can't. Here's do a it. cautionary tale. Remember that the Mets. Here's one. The Mets had a, a big payroll, and they had a chance to add Manny Ramirez, and they didn't because they refused to give up Lasting's Millage. Lasting's Millage was the thing that held up the 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 damn Manny Ramirez deal. There's so many of these prospects, and I and I grant that some of them are super talented, and many of them do become the next Nolan Arenado. But you know what? I'll take the Nolan Arenado now, and you can take the next potential one any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I, I don't understand these organizations who refuse to go out and win now. I understand the payroll. I get it. That's but what you're telling is, me. Man. It has nothing to do with make the prospects. playoffs that that doesn't that doesn't pay for Ono and Arenado's salary. Come on, Craig. Of course it does. Not with the teams that are already at the tax at 200 million. If you're asking me about the Texas, where Rangers, are the Braves at? The Braves are at the tax. Yes, they're very high. Their payroll is super high. Remember, they gave these extensions to uh, Acuna. They paid Hamels a lot of money. They they just gave Ozuna eighteen million dollars. They're paid. They're paid. There's a, they're like a top ten payroll in baseball. I'm now. gonna bring up the payroll. Go I want to see how high they are. They're high. I want to see it. But a lot of money comes off the books after this year, so it's more feasible. For them. Uh, okay, we're gonna come back. We're gonna dive back into some baseball props for 2020. The home run total. Let's go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe back here with you as we wrap up the first hour of the show and hit the top of the hour. we got full-time fantasy coming your way. 2 o'clock Eastern, Dr. Roto standing by for another uh, edition of the program. Make sure you tune in and catch his show. Uh, yesterday here on the show, we were going through some of the home run totals uh, put out by the Superbook, the Westgate in Las Vegas, and just kind of going through some of the overs and and unders. And um, we went through some of the higher players uh, in terms of their totals. So if you want to go back and get our opinions on Mike Trout and Aaron Judge and Pete Alonzo, Cody Bellinger, uh, Christian Yelich, Acuna, Gallo, uh, Arenado, Suarez, all those guys, Juan Soto, you can go back and listen on demand anytime you want. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just download it on iTunes or Android. It's over on Stitcher, audioboom.com, fantasysportsnetwork.com. It's all there. We went through every single one of these. Uh, but now we're going to dive into some of the players that have totals in the low 30s, maybe even in the high 20s. 
And let's start with the players, Joe, that are around the 32, 30, uh, 31 range, because I think we hit 33. So uh, I'll, yes, give we some, did. I'll give you some names here. Gleyber Torres of the New York Yankees, his total is 32 and a half. <laughs> Trevor Story, one of the really more underrated fantasy players, by the way, over the last few years, 32 and a half as well for him. Let's see if I can find Manny Machado is sitting at 31 and a half. I think we can cut it there. How about those three guys here? So we got uh, Machado, 31 and a half, Gleyber, 32 and a half, Trevor Story, 32 and a half. Sorry. You know, of all these, Machado, I think, is the one I would go over on. I think the other two are definite stayaways for me because I think it's right on the button. But I actually think Machado is going to have a better season than he had last year. I think that the full season of Tatis in that lineup have Tommy Pham there. It's a lot more lineup help. Plus, also, he had that classic first year of the big contract. And, you know, the first year slow out of the gate in the big contract is something that, you know, Harper, Goldschmidt, Carlos Beltran, the list goes on and on and on. Josh Hamilton. It's just, it's, it's a thing. And anyone wants to tell me it's not a thing. I'll show you player after player after player that puts a little bit too much pressure in the early spot. Or you can also just say has a trouble adjusting to a new place. I mean, I don't know how many people are as successful as Craig Mish when they leave one organization and go work for another, but not everybody's like that. It takes a little time to get used to things going on. Uh, it takes a little time to get used to the people you're working with. And and it's it's a transition. Manny Machado, on the other hand, I think is ready for that challenge in year two. He's got more support around him. The ballpark is plays more fair than people realize that since they made the change of the dimensions there a few years ago, it's it's not nearly the cavernous place it used to be. So for me, I actually like Manny Machado in this number of the 31 and a half. I'm curious where you at. Do you have either of uh, these three guys going over or under? Uh, story, I would go over. I wouldn't do Machado. Um, Story's injuries scare me sometimes, he's too. He's so another guy that gets hurt. A, and Torres, I go under, too, man. That seems like a high. I love player. Torres. Torres is a phenomenal player. Uh, you know what? Last year, when Judge and Stanton How many guys gone, are going to hit 40 home runs on this team? This they're year? not. Well, I mean, they're not. That's why I think Torres is... A, I think they're good numbers, but Torres, just as a ball player last year, when Judge and Stanton were out, this kid got in the middle of this order and carried that Yankee offense through the whole summer. And I'll tell you what, man, it, I, I was super impressed. I got to watch a lot of Torres last year. You know, I always knew he was a good prospect. I always knew he was a good player. But to watch what he did in that kind of situation at this age, I was incredibly impressed by Torres. All right. So let's uh, let's take it down now to um, just below the 31-32 threshold. We have uh, approximately, it looks like, four players at 30 and a half. And those are Jordan Alvarez, George Springer, Eloy Jimenez, and Gary Sanchez, all at 30 and a half. Uh, you will not find any money on the under on Alvarez on Houston. I mean, everybody basically is making the assumption that this is a 40 home run guy after the year that he had last year. Hard to argue with the way that he hits. Uh, won't even have to play the field at all. Just be their designated hitter. So there's going to be, I, I I would guess, 90% of the money's on the over there. In terms of Springer, maybe... Do you think just... that's wrong? Probably I don't. Not. Probably not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, before, I just want to make that clear. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think you think it's wrong. And I think this is a bad job by them setting this number. If this number was 35, I think you'd have a lot more action going both sides of it. But 30? Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, it, it, it also could had, be he, You know, he had 30 last almost last year. <laughs> Yeah, but again, you know, one injury and that's it. That's that's what this that's what happens here. You're always taking that risk. But you're right. Not playing the field limits the possibility of injury a little bit more. That's true. Uh, Eloy Jimenez at 30 and a half. Wow. Like that's so a huge year, I guess, is coming from him. Well, he's he is the real deal. 
I mean, this is another guy too, where I know everyone's been talking about Robert this year, but everyone was talking about Jimenez last year and Jimenez was, <laughs> was as advertised. Like another guy kind of struggled in the beginning a little bit. And then as the season got on, he got more comfortable. And yeah. um, I got to watch this. I mean, you know, it, it was a, it was a session, you know, I didn't see it in person, but I was watching a BP session with him. But I mean, you realize in 122 games last year, he had 31 home runs. Yeah, right? no, I know he hit over 30. So again, this is another easy over for me. I think Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just some, all, they all can't go over, you know, especially the guys who go from year one to year two, there's always that sophomore slump. I don't know who it's going to be, but it happens every year. So it could be Alvarez. It could be him. It does. It, it could be, but I think, I think the one thing that's, that's where batting average and stuff comes into play. I think from the Homer department, I think this guy with the amount of protection he's got with Encarnacion, Encarnacion and Abreu in that lineup now, wow, does it take a lot of pressure off him in this? Holy cow. Yes, my it's kind of like that same effect when you have Stanton in the lineup with Judge, and you know, it just it takes a lot of pressure off guys. So I, I think this I think Jimenez is a is an over. I think Alvarez is an easy over. Well then bet it. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go to twenty nine and a half. We have Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt sitting at twenty nine and a half. I'm just gonna double check here and make sure there's no you got other. one more. Oh, did I miss somebody? Oh, Chris Bryant. Jorge Soler. Oh, and Soler too. So we have four at twenty nine and a half. Jorge so, Soler, so, so Soler they're betting on very big season. Yeah, so Soler is basically they're betting on that not happening, what happened last year. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fair to do. I mean, he had that's an outlier year for a guy who's never done it before. So a risky one for sure. Um Chris Bryant, uh, probably a pass for me. This seems about right on Chris Bryant. And uh, Freddie Freeman is as consistent as they get, barring injury. The guy's probably going over that. Goldschmidt, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, did anybody struggle more in all of baseball than Goldschmidt in the second half of the season? Does he bounce back? Does he become the guy he was two years ago? Is he not comfortable in St. Louis? I can't figure him out. I don't know. I, I think the Freeman numbers and over. I think the Goldschmidt numbers are pass. I think 30 home runs for Goldschmidt sounds about right. Soler is the one where I feel like this could be the trap that we fall in, the Eugenio Suarez trap, where everyone goes, well, he can't possibly, you know, hit that number again. And then he goes over it like Suarez did last year. Now, I don't think Soler is going to go over his number. But I think when you realize that last year he had 48 and they're giving you an 18 home run decline, I think that's kind of a lot, too. So I actually would take the over because all he's got to do is get to 30. That's that's not that much. And another guy who's going to see a fair amount of time probably at, at DH over the year, too. And look, I, the one thing about Solaire is he strikes out a fair amount. But this was the first time he's played 162 games in a season, and he is just 28 years old. So he's not like a, a really older player. It's not like he's not a player that we didn't see this potential in him because I know I did. I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, it's the peak. From 48 to 29 and a half is a pretty substantial drop off. I think where everybody's might be going under, I would actually go the over on this one personally. Yeah. Uh, okay. 28 and a half. We have Mustakas on the Reds. Over Donald, in that Donaldson. ballpark? I mean, Joe, what? All, all of these can't be over. It's not possible. Uh, Mustakas in 28 really? and a half. Did you watch baseball last year, bro? Can't Did be. you? <laughs> Every number was over last year, Greg Mish. <laughs> can't be. Uh, Donaldson, 28 and a half. Uh, Blackman, 28 and a half. Chris Davis, 28 and a half. I'd go under on Blackman. Chris Davis is so bizarre. He was off to a start that looked like he was going to do exactly what he had done over the last four years. And then all of a sudden, he just fell apart in the second half of the season. I'm not really sure what happened to him. Uh, it would be under on. It would be under on Blackman for me. It would be a pass on Donaldson for me. 
would be probably a pass on Moustakis for me, and I would take a shot on the over with Chris Davis there. That's what I I'm do. definitely going over on Davis. I agree. Pass on all of them. Um, if I'm going an under on one, it could even be Blackman because Blackman's another guy that's getting older and has had some injuries in the past too. Um, Chris Davis was playing through injuries last year. I give him a lot of credit for playing through injuries, but it definitely showed. I mean, there's a guy that hit 247, not once, not twice, not three, not four, four times in a row and 244 the year before year. that. Yeah. Okay. So he was about as right as brain. Then he had 42, 43, 48 home runs and then down to 23. So this just tells me this guy wasn't healthy last year, trying to play through injuries, had a bunch of different ones, missed some time with one. And what's the number here? 28 and a half. Yes. That's an over. That's that should be an easy over. This that might be one of the easiest overs on there. That might be up there with Soto's over, which was another one I think we thought was an over, right? 33 yeah. or no. What was uh, easy over yesterday? There was one that was really I don't think there any of them. Oh, was Joey Gallo for me. Joey Gallo's a 36. Come on. Joey Gallo? Yeah. All right, 27 and a half. We have Jose Ramirez, Jose Abreu, Mookie Betts. Those are all 27 and a half. Matt Chapman. And let's see, any other 27? And uh, Max Muncy, 27 and a half as well. So uh, let's see. For Chapman, for me, pass. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is on here too. Under for me, for sure. No question. Uh, Jose Ramirez on Cleveland, 27 and a half, a pass. Uh, Mookie Betts, 27 and a half, I'd go over. And I would 100% go over on Max Muncy, 27 and a half. That's where I think yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with uh, the sentiments there. Um, Max Muncy, uh, I'm sold. It took me longer than a lot of other people, but I've been down this road with so many players too that have good little spurts and they're just waiting for the shoe to drop and then it doesn't drop and then the next year they actually continue to to progress. Yeah, and Muncy has he's earned a lot of respect for me. I am actually um, one of the people who's buying a lot of Vlad Guerrero Jr. this year because last year his ADP was out of control. He was a fourth round value. He was about the same value you had to take Josh Donaldson. And I was just, I was just laughing at people who would take him over a guy like Donaldson. I was like, listen, this guy's one MVPs. He's, he's right there. Like, wh- how would you do that just because the potential of Vlad? It's not a dynasty keeper. It's a redraft. And I think if Vlad comes in a little bit better shape, a little bit ready to play, I think that 27 and a half is actually a number he can go over. And I, and I think this kid is, we haven't even seen close to what this kid's going to be. He is that good. And I don't mind if he plays big. I just don't want him to play heavy. I think he was playing a little heavy last year. And I think that's going to be a problem. Big is not a problem. Lots of big guys, big boys who play good at the major league baseball level. A lot of good hitters. David Ortiz was big. Heavy's different. And Ortiz went from a guy who was heavy to big at one point too. Cause remember when he was with the twins, he was overweight. And that was one of the things that the twins really, you know, got on about, you know, over the years. And granted, we could have the special vitamins conversation about him, too. But uh, what do you think about Jose Ramirez? Because this is, talk about struggling the first half. Nobody struggled more than Jose Ramirez in the first half. And yeah, the second I would half lean, was over. I would lean over. Yeah, I'd lean over, but I would not do anything with it. I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, for, you know, things happen to guys. And I think that maybe his contract got in his head in the first half. I'm not really sure. But I would go. Uh, I would probably lean over. I wouldn't do anything. With Vlad, it would be an under for me. I'll tell you that. 25 and a half on Raphael Devers, too, that's just sitting out there. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, you got, we'll save that for the next show. Ooh. Ooh, teaser. Okay, uh, best of the first hour coming up next. We got hour number two on deck. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. You will not find any money on the under on Alvarez on Houston. I mean, everybody basically is making the assumption that this is a 40 home run guy after the year that he had last year. Hard to argue with the way that he hits. Uh, won't even have to play the field at all. Just be their designated hitter. So there's going to be, I, I mean, I would guess 90% of the money's on the over there. In terms of Springer, maybe... Do you think just, that's wrong? I don't. Not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, before, I just want to make that clear. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think you think it's wrong. And... I think this is a bad job by them setting this number. If this number was 35, I think you'd have a lot more action going both sides of it. But 30? Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, it, it also could had, be he, You know, he had 30 almost last year. <laughs> yeah, but again, you know, one injury and that's it. That's that's what this that's what happens here. You're always taking that risk. But you're right, not playing the field limits the possibility of injury a little bit more. That's true. Uh Eloy Jimenez at 30 and a half. Wow. Like that's so a huge year I guess is coming from him. Well, he's he is the real deal. I mean, this is another guy, too, where I know everyone's going to be talking about Robert this year, but everyone was talking about Jimenez last year, and Jimenez was was as advertised. Like Another guy kind of struggled in the beginning a little bit, and then as the season got on, he got more comfortable. And yeah. um, I got to watch this. I mean, you know, it, it was a it was a session. You know, I didn't see it in person, but I was watching a BP session with him. But I mean, you realize in 122 games last year, he had 31 home runs. Yeah, right? no, I know he hit over 30. So again, this is another easy over for me. 